0: How should Christians be responding to the atheists in their lives? What things are unique about the Christian understanding of God? And what if I'm a Christian who sometimes doubts God's existence? These and many other questions like them will be discussed this episode. Welcome to Deeper, a podcast by Wollongong Baptist Church. Join us as we take the plunge and dive deeper into God's Word, the Bible. Here, we'll unpack and examine further the Bible talks presented on Sundays across our three English-speaking services. Today, we'll be thinking through more from our latest instalment in our apologetic series titled Conversations That Matter, as we seek to thoughtfully respond to the sincere questions asked by many about the Christian faith and church. So, let's get right into it and dive deeper. Welcome back everybody to another episode of Deeper. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Um, Today we are exploring um, a very big topic, that of God's existence. How do we know if God actually exists? Um, Rod Bailey preached about this topic on Sunday the 18th of August and he joins me here this morning. Welcome Rod.
1: Great to be back, Grace.
0: Thanks so much for um, joining us again for another season and another series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting, this series that we're doing, Conversations That Matter. And we're seeking to um, address some really big questions that people have about the Christian faith and the Christian church. Um, can you just talk us through a little bit about what your talk was about on Sunday?
1: Yeah, well our question was how do you know God exists, which is perhaps the biggest question um, in the sense of um, certainly philosophy and history, people thinking over this big topic. And I guess uh, we started off by thinking about uh, what the world is saying today, um, considering some of the um, new atheists as they've been called in the last generation, last 20 or 30 years, um, likes of Dawkins and Hitchens and others, yeah. um, reflecting on their views. And I guess what I was drawing out of that first part of the talk was to say that often uh, for non-believers, um, belief in a God is characterized as uh, irrational, uh, sometimes ignorant, um, because science can answer the questions, just the God of the gaps theory, or even um, weak-minded, that mm. it's simply a psychological crutch. Right. Um, So that was the first point. Uh, Then the second point was to consider, well, are there any flaws in those assumptions that somehow belief in a God is weak or irrational? And I guess we looked at uh, the probability for God that there are lots of arguments as we look at our created order, as we look at human beings in particular, as um, we consider the strength of human reasoning and the assumptions behind that, uh, whether we need to be a little bit... um, more cautious and more open to the idea that there is a God, Mm. even if we've come from a strongly um, sort of atheistic viewpoint. And then in the third section, we came to the gospel and considered um, just what the Apostle Paul says to um, a pagan um, philosophical generation in Athens um, in the first century AD and uh, his interaction with them, his presentation of Jesus and his proofs if you like for why we can believe there's a god
0: and what were those proofs
1: yeah well ultimately the proof was uh, the resurrection he hung his whole presentation in the end on the resurrection of jesus as a historical event that could be uh, considered and that being the proof that god had sent this man um, who was clearly um, more than just a man Mm -hmm. and was able to do um, things and ultimately rise from the dead Mm -hmm. And that this was a point of difference in thinking about the Christian faith versus any other faith.
0: And so we can know of God's existence because we can encounter Christ.
1: Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mentioned on the night that um, for those of us who are wanting that concreteness of thinking, um, the truth is, from a Christian viewpoint, that if you were born 2,000 years ago and you were in Israel, that you could have walked up and shaken hands with Jesus, and you would have, you know, been able to speak face to face, as it were, with God, God the Son, the Eternal Son of God.
0: Um. So we're talking about God's existence or non-existence, but it, oh man, it just seems so taboo. How do we, how do we even get conversations like this happening? How do we start them up?
1: Yeah, well, I think the problem is more on the Christian side. I think if there's any taboo sense about this topic, it comes from believers in that somehow we think we're expressing a doubt even to discuss the topic, perhaps. Mm. I think certainly in Western education for the last few centuries, we're very used to questioning the existence of God. Um, So our universities are very much down that line. So I think for non-Christians around us, certainly in modern-day Australia, uh, they're quite open to that discussion. It's almost assumed that that's an open question always. Yeah, right. So I think in the sense we've got an opening that's greater than we sense as mm. if we're a believer. So um, when it comes to talking about it, I think the first thing to say is that we spend a lot of time speaking about general revelation. Um, theologians often... Um, you know, split what we can know about God into general revelation and special revelation. General yeah. being about creation around us and so we can make arguments about the existence of a God as we look at our world and all the infinite detail, the way things work together so that life can be produced.
0: And that's something that everybody can observe. So
1: exactly. That's why it's a general revelation. Yeah, and that's why yeah. it's a general revelation. So that's a really easy point of connection uh, with non-Christians, but it's also a harder point of getting to the nitty-gritty of belief um, because there are so many rabbit holes as it were that we can go down and never right. come out of uh, when it comes to discussing science um, and our understanding of the natural world so we've really got to move from there to special revelation um, so that we're talking about what God has revealed in his word the Bible and ultimately in his son um, Jesus and if we never get to Jesus or we never get to the Bible and we just spend all our time uh, talking about um, you know, the world around us, then it can be frustrating discussion that yeah. never hones in on, well, yeah. I've got a response to make. Yeah. Um, so I guess, um, how do we do that? Um, well, I think we need to get to talking about Jesus and we've got to find ways to get to him. And part of that may be sharing our personal testimony and bringing that in um, because people can spend a lot of time arguing about this or that and they you may present some... Um, argument from science that you think is really helpful in pointing people to god yeah um but that may not be as powerful to them as your personal story which they can't question um they can always have another theory uh, from science or Mm -hmm. a counter-argument but they can't um counter your story in the sense that this is what's happened in your life with your own personal encounter with jesus
0: um so you actually did this in your talk in the sense of moving from kind of a general discussion about God's existence to the person of Jesus mm. I feel like blink and you missed it it was like so smooth um like how do we do that is it just through our own personal testimony that we can kind of segue from um, the general idea of whether or not God exists to actually getting people to focus kind of more on that bullseye of well it's actually about what do you make of Jesus mm. that's the more important question to be answering
1: yeah absolutely um i guess it was easy for me in doing a talk because you have time to sort of prepare it and it's a monologue where you're determining <laughs> what the next statement is sure. but it's harder when you're in conversation with somebody and they take you in different directions yeah, and yeah. you're not quite getting to where you wanted to yeah. so i think we've got to be patient um i think we don't need to achieve everything in one conversation mm-hmm. so if we have a strength of relationship with somebody that means they'll continue to meet and talk with us uh, a friendship that's gone for some time, uh, then hopefully we don't need to do everything in one, you know, talk over coffee or whatever. So I think we've got to be willing to build up to a point where they can see, um, and so we've got to keep pushing always to move towards Jesus. But I think, yes, a big thing is personal testimony in that, um, because you can talk to them about how you came to the point of trusting in the existence of God and how Jesus made sense of this world and this life and our needs. Um, Because I think at one level it's, it's kind of neat. um, If I can use that word or objective um, distance arm length, when I'm talking about creation or science or things like that, Um, it only becomes personal often for people when it, comes down to my response to God. Yeah. And that's often the problem. There can be a smokescreen of arguments about other things, but the real questions lie behind it. And it'll be about, often, my personal response to God and what that would mean for my life. Yes, And so that's the heart of territory, which is why people avoid it and don't mm. want the conversation to go there. Yeah. But that's where we want it to go yeah, as yeah. believers. So that takes just, I guess, practice and God's help and lots, mm-hmm. of um, lots of prayer. <laughs> God often makes the opening and we can't always, you know, orchestrate it. Yeah. Uh,
0: so is it the responsibility of Christians to be proving God's existence?
1: Yeah, good question. I think some people feel like uh, the onus should be on the non-believer. They've got to prove that there isn't a God and, yeah. you know, it's all up to them. Um, that uh, makes things simple for the Christian, Um <laughs> That We would like it that way, perhaps. <laughs> it means we're on the
0: front foot and there on the back foot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At, but
1: I'm not sure that scripture actually uh, allows us to just see it that way. So, um, that being because uh, we're so often told to give an account for the hope that we have or to, you know, share the good news. And so um, I think we need to be proactive. Um, the, the other way assumes we're just reactive and it's only if they're interested or um, they can't come up with the answers that they chat to us and we'll say, well, obviously, you know, there is a God. I, I think we need to be willing to, not that we re- need to prove God, God defends himself in a sense. Um, you know, Romans 1, um, it's demonstrated clearly to everyone by creation. Um, mm. Psalm 19 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. So um, in one sense, it's not like we have to... Um, defend God in ways that he's already doing for himself but I think we've always got to be ready to engage and have the conversation and be helping people take that next step so it's good to be an apologist to be able to explain our faith um and I I guess when it comes to that um we've got an opportunity to point people to God uh the Bible urges us to do so and rather than seeing it as some heavy responsibility I think we should see it as a privilege Mm and say, well, I'm excited to talk about this yeah. and share what I've discovered because it's so important to me. Um, if I can't be bothered um, talking about the issue with the non-Christian or sort of urging them to consider um, yeah, perhaps the flaws in their thinking or what they're missing about uh, the need for a God, yeah. then yeah, I'm lacking love or compassion. There's mm-hmm. something wrong at that point.
0: Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that are unique about the Christian understanding of God?
1: Yeah, well, I think firstly, um, we see it really clearly in the Acts 17 passage, which talked about the other night. Um, That is that not only is God powerful and a creator, um, but God is personal. And so that's unique to other world religions. Um, So many, uh, whether it's Islam or um, Hinduism, uh, there could be one God, there could be many gods, but these gods are distant and really unknowable Mm. Um, and they may be powerful they may be um, assumed to be the creator but there's certainly not a sense that they're personal or that they want an individual relationship with us or that Mm. we were designed to be in relationship with them and so that's what's so unique about uh, christian christianity and i think the thing that we need to do is to raise that with people and then say well the proof of that really is jesus again it all comes back to him because God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, John three sixteen, um, so that ever whoever might believe in Him would have life and not perish. Um, you know, God reaches down to us. He's yeah. so determined to have a relationship. He sends Jesus, and so we, the incarnation, is really the ultimate proof of God's interest personally in us, because it goes to such great lengths. Um, Jesus walks amongst us. Dies in our place on the cross, bears our sins so that we might be forgiven and come to God. So, all of these things show us how determined, um, how much of a priority it is for God that He might relate to us. Mm. Um, Which is
0: such a beautiful thought. Hey, like I think a number of the other religions, it's really about humanity trying to reach up to God. <laughs> um, whereas, yeah, the God of Christianity, or well, the real true God, mm. reaches down to us. So that's yes. a beautiful thought.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's a big um, shift in thinking, though, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think what um, is assumed in that, as you mentioned, is the idea of a ladder to heaven, um, which so many other religions have, in a sense, is about you earning your way. Right. And this is why the word grace is so important to Christians, um, that it's this undeserved favor, this unmerited kindness that God shows to us. And the way he does that is by reaching down to us. We can't save ourselves or work our way to him. Mm. So the only possibility is for him to reach down to us. And he's more than willing to do that. He goes to the nth degree mm. with Jesus and yeah, he bears what we should have borne. So that's, yeah, unique and amazing. Amazing.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, such a cool thought. Uh, so, should we be relating to different atheists differently? How does discerning the motivation or reason behind someone's atheism affect the way that uh, we should be interacting with them or talking with them about God's
1: existence? Yes, I think we should relate differently to each person, just as we like to be related to as an individual. It's Mm -hmm. important to understand where a person's coming from. And so again, this comes back to relationship and strength of understanding of a person, where they're coming from. And we need to do that hard work because otherwise we'll spend a lot of time talking about things that are really not the key point for them and we won't be making progress. So um, I guess I flagged um, some different things um, in the talk on Sunday And so for some people, uh, it really is about rationality or the reasonableness of uh, the Christian faith or a belief in a God. And so if they're really stuck on that, then we need to engage on that question. Uh, For some, that's not a question at all. They might throw up something about science or we can't believe it or it's irrational, but that's a smokescreen. And when you chat further, really the issue is, well, they think it's, somehow a weakness that um you know Mm -hmm. we should be able to do things in our own strength They've been taught from a young age to be self-reliant and this is humbling and telling me i can't do it and i need to depend on god and so it 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 fits for me to say it's just a psychological crutch that these christians need and i don't need this thing yeah um and and so that's a very different conversation if that's their issue um But then again, I think the biggest category is probably the third one, uh, which I mentioned on Sunday, which is all about other questions that sit behind the question, which are really belief blockers. So it's not so much whether there could be a God or not, although they may say that in first instance, it's about something that's happened in this life. And Mm. so they've faced personal suffering in their own life or in the lives of their family or friends, and they just can't cope with the idea that there could be a God and he's allowed this to happen in my life and so they don't think there's a God but it's not really about the question of um, rationality or proofs of whether a God exists it's about my hard experience and therefore I just can't accept that anyone's overseeing this mess Mm. because otherwise it's their fault yeah and therefore I don't like them Um, or it's about um, I've made choices with my lifestyle moral choices the way I'm living that I understand are judged by the God of the Bible or uh, or some other um, sort of thinking along those lines. And therefore, this God is a killjoy or a constraint or a, you know a problem. And so my way of dealing with that is to say there isn't a God right. and therefore I'm free to live how I want mm-hmm. because these morals can only be imposed on me if there is this God that you're claiming. But if mm-hmm. he's not there, then I can do what I want. And so it's this fight for... Um, yeah, my rebellious freedom, as it were. And, and that's really the issue. It's not so much prove to me there's a God. So th- so many of these kind of questions sit behind somebody's uh, reluctance to have any belief. And if we work that out and we can have a conversation about that issue, right. then that the issue about God's existence may evaporate suddenly.
0: As it moves into something more within their own hearts.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Well, what if I am a Christian, but I myself sometimes have doubts about God's existence? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What do I do then?
1: Yeah, um, I think we worry about this um, at times, but it's fine in the sense that it's an opportunity to revisit my faith and to think harder about things. It may be that I'm having doubts because life has thrown me curveballs, and the very thing that we were just talking about that can be a blocker for a non-believer can then be a a barrier or a problem in the christian's life because and they might discover suddenly they 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 love the idea of jesus and god's grace but they're expecting that life would work beautifully for them and now that there's trouble that they're thrown and so the doubts are in their mind and then well maybe there's not a god because i wanted everything to go well for me Mm -hmm. and so that um, that means I had a more superficial understanding of God's salvation plan. And I really need to revisit the gospel and understand that the gospel wasn't promising me an easy life. Yeah. It was actually <laughs> promising me the opposite. Yeah. Um, and so but that I... But it would be worth it. Yeah, that yeah. would be worth it. Um, but it's just such a, um, a point of uh, retuning or refining our thinking, yeah. coming back to the Bible and saying, well, what is it that God has promised me Um, how is this Christian life supposed to live? And if I can work through that and perhaps with the help of others and good counsel, then I'll be stronger in my faith. And when I'm coming out the other side of that, I'll be reassured because I've worked through uh, that issue. So I don't think we should be scared of doubts. I think all believers at some point in their walk with God will have some doubts about some issue or other. It's what you do with the doubts that is the issue. Yeah. So if we just allow them to fester and lie, we don't deal with them, or we start disengaging from church or not being part of a Bible study, then, yeah, it can be very hard um, to actually have people speaking into our life or for us to be hearing God's Word through it being preached. Um, If we're not reading our Bible, then, again, we're not even hearing it there, then these doubts will tend to take root. Um, Mm. So important to to think through. See cancers... realize that, um, yeah, these are opportunities for growth.
0: Mm, Yeah, that God can actually use them to sharpen us. Yeah. Mm. So the Bible talks about God revealing himself to us through creation, and you've mentioned that already, this idea of general revelation. Mm. Um, But if creation points us to God, why is it that some of us see a sunset and um, are just blown away by the glory of God and others don't even seem to notice the sunset at all or they're just unmoved by it?
1: Yes. um, This is the frustration, I guess, for the the Christian, perhaps, as they're trying to share their faith um, with a a non-believing friend. And we might point to some amazing things around us, and it has no impact on them at all. Mm. And and I think this is the problem, and and perhaps why some people feel like the whole um, apologetics area is a lot of wasted energy, that we can spend lots of time thinking about good arguments and trying to Um, explain things really clearly, provide evidence or proof for God in some way. Um, But I guess what we've always got to admit is the Bible makes it very clear that um, deaf ears cannot be unstopped and blind eyes, the scales cannot be removed unless God acts in the person's life. And so ultimately for a person to be regenerated, to have God's perspective and see the world differently, we need the work of the Holy Spirit to change them. Now, uh, that doesn't mean it's an either-or. Uh, well, see, God's ultimately got to do the work of salvation. Therefore, all these um, providing arguments is just not worth my time. And so just pray and God will act or not act in their life. Um, I think it's a both-and. The Bible's very clear. We, we've got to be ready to give an answer. It's um, Paul is always debating whether it's in Athens in Acts 17 or it's with Jews in Acts 13 or... Um, yeah so there's not a sense that because ultimately god has to do the work of salvation and help people see clearly that we don't provide arguments that can help them um, move take steps towards him knowing that he will ultimately have to work in the person's life Um, we pray that god will act and um, make himself known to them Mm. at the same time we do all that we can um, to share with them our faith and God can use our arguments just as he can use something completely separate from them and intervene um, without any of them. Mm. Um, so we we can only do our part, um, be faithful in sharing, um, be faithful in loving and caring for the person we're wanting to uh, bring to know Jesus, while always being mindful that ultimately God needs to be at work in their life and praying for that. Um, yeah, expectant that the spirit will convict people, mm-hmm. um, and use our you know flawed efforts to to help in that process. Mm.
0: And the same for all of that would apply to those who can recognize God's or well, recognize the beauty of creation, but perhaps attribute it to Mother Nature or whatever.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And somebody can um, be a pantheist and uh, somebody who basically worships nature and sees God as nature. Um, you know, they could be like that for 50 years and then finally come to see things from a new reality because mm. of Christian witness or because of God's just completely independent intervention in their life, um, and vice versa. Um, you know, you can have people um, that can be um, really strong in their understanding of God's creation and then be drawn away by some of these arguments to place um, our trust in things around us rather than God. So we mm. need to keep being reminded even as believers that mm. there's a creator, that things exist for his glory um, and that we need to keep coming back to God's word to be reminded mm. and to hear God's voice in all of that.
0: Do you know what's really cool is that up at um, Bulleye Tops and the big lookout up there, there are a couple of plaques that are just quoting Bible verses about God's creation as you look out over the um, the... Um, beautiful view which is wonderful yeah it's really cool pretty unusual these days I think to actually go to a lookout and have it pointed out to you this is God's work here Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it's awesome I love that (laughs) Uh, well C.S. Lewis writes that um, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world Mm. Um, in your talk you mentioned the biblical idea that humanity has eternity written on their hearts Mm. What does that really mean? Um, and how are Christians to live in light of that other world yearning?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's a unique claim there in Ecclesiastes 3.11. And I think the, the thing that we need to come back to is, is Genesis 1, firstly, that we've been created in the image of God. And so God uh, is a creative, uh, personal, powerful being that, um, we are made in his image and so we've been made as the pinnacle of his creation we're unique from the rest of what exists in this uh, world that he has made and so there's something uh, special about us that um, is linked to God that has a connection to heaven as it were um, that makes this world dissatisfied dissatisfying ultimately that we long for something more mm. than this brief life yes and 70 or 80 years um, seems a long time when you're a teenager, but uh, as you get older, it is a flash, <laughs> uh, as people say. And I think the, the older we get, the more we're, we realize this sense within us that we're longing for something um, beyond um, just a few years. Mm. Um, yeah, of, we don't want to die. Yeah, yeah. that's right. There's there's this um, desire within us for uh, something um, that is um, eternal, that you know people are always wanting to leave a legacy. You know yes. if only I could have an ongoing impact. Why do we long for that? Mm. Why are we not just content that people will forget about us in a generation, which mm. is really the truth.. The reality, yeah. um, because we, we want to have this ongoing um, impact on others around us, on this world. Uh, we're longing for something more than the, the smallest input that we feel we have. And I think that just um, is the way God has wired us. And so I think non-believers feel this all the time, just as believers do. We're all made in the image of God. We have this wiring that's making us want something more. And so there is this searching, this desire for something greater, which should lead us to God. It often can in our sinfulness lead us in other directions, Mm -hmm. but we're looking for something beyond ourself. Um, And so some people will... make a God out of nature, like I said before. They can make a God out of themselves, as it were. They can make a a God out of other things that they serve, but they're going to fill this hole within us with some God or other, some God-shaped alternative. Um, And so you just have to decide what it is you're Mm worshipping. And if you're not worshipping the true God of the Bible, then you will be worshipping something. So I think that does give us something to work with, always, as we're talking with those around us. Um, uh, What does this mean for living in the light of it? Well, I think we ought to live with our eyes fixed on heaven. Mm -hmm. So Colossians 4, uh, 3, 1-4 talks about this, um, that we're to fix our eyes not on earthly things but on heavenly things. Um, So this world is not our home and so we shouldn't be putting roots down here. We have to see ourselves as just passing through And that means that we will look at things differently. We'll hold our material things, certainly with an open hand. We'll hold our relationships even loosely, that we can't sort of um, hold things tightly as if we've got control of them, as if they're going to um, last on this earth forever. Uh, We are just passing through. Um, God gives us and takes away things, uh, whether materially or relationally. Um, And if we have that perspective, then we're always longing for heaven. We're always looking beyond what is now. Um, the problem when you take God out of the picture is that you become very uh, rooted in this life. It's all about this world and your happiness in the 70 or 80 years or whatever you're blessed with. And so if things go wrong, it's just so heartbreaking because this is it. There yeah. is nothing more. Yeah. Um, so if we ever see Christians or we find ourselves living or thinking like that something terribly wrong in our faith or thinking at that point up Mm. because we've just become like those around us who have no faith in a god um so we should be different um yeah it should mean that we uh we have a different approach to this life we see ourselves as citizens of heaven and um yeah we long for the day when we'll be with jesus and and see our god face to face Mm
0: going to be awesome (laughs) well thanks for um, chatting with me again this week Rod I really appreciate your time
1: thanks Grace
0: you have been listening to Deeper by Wollongong Baptist Church we'd love you to join us at any of our services this coming Sunday for details and to hear further content please head to our website at wollongongbaptist.org